It's time for a spooktacular Hortoberfest edition of Movie Mastery. I don't know if I'm doing a vampire or a ghost here. I think my my uh, accent is a little confused. I'm doing werewolf. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, well, your hair is perfect. Me of London. <laughs> me of London. <laughs> An American me <laughs> in London. <laughs> That's my plan. Uh, hi there, I am John. That is Jeff. We are your hosts here for Movie Mastery. It is October, and that means, as always, it's a spooky time for spooky movies. The worst time for Jeff. <laughs> it's spooky season. I don't like horror movies, but that's okay. I'll watch two of them a year. I don't care. Yeah. So uh, Might be three now, now that I think about it, because we watched this one so early in October. It's true. We might get an extra one in there. I it don't. might be an October miracle. I didn't check the calendar, but uh, but yeah, there might be one, which is fine because that would leave us with one less in December, so we can take no, a vacation, take us take a nice vacation. I mean, we're always going to have at least two. No, I know it's not like we're going to have one in December, but we won't have three. Yeah. So. So vacation. <laughs> All I ever wanted. <laughs> Uh, so we watched a little British film called Await Further Instructions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you may have seen that scrolling through your netted flicks. Yeah, you could very well have. It is on the Netflix. Yeah. And, uh... That's what you watched? I watched Full Frontal. (laughs) That's what you watched? You told me to watch a little British film. I watched The Island. (laughs) I just went on Netflix and hit the first thing. Yeah, it was a bunch of, like... What's his name? Danny Carlisle showing his dick. It was, uh, <laughs> That's it. There's a whole movie, as far as I could tell. A bunch of like small factory town. Everything's gone all wrong. And then are I, you are you thinking of the full Monty? No, I'm thinking of Full Frontal. Okay, I'm going to defend this till the day. I, even though I might have just remembered the name of a movie I enjoyed. Yeah, even that might have just happened now. That may have. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. This is me sticking to my guns. Good. My wrong guns. <laughs> my very sticky guns. <laughs> I keep sticking to them. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's that might be the case. I might be the the movie with the hot chocolate song in it. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we will of course get real deep into the full spoilers after we take a little song break. But to begin with, let me just say this movie. I wouldn't say it's scary. It's I mean it's one of those like psychological horror things Mm -hmm. but it's mostly just sort of a an interesting movie more than it is a good movie uh yeah it kind of feels like this dude who directed it a fellow by the name of johnny kevorkian probably pitched this thing to black mirror three seasons in a row and then finally was like fuck it i'll do it (laughs) i'll make it myself that's the kind of spirit of me johnny kevorkian johnny kevorkian i ain't Got a strong reserve of pluck, I do, and I'll use it to film me picture. My picture. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I I wouldn't say don't watch the movie if you want to. It's not like bad or anything. No, it was acceptable. I, I mean, even I'm gonna be like, this was fair to middling. Yeah. So you know, not awful, but uh, it's definitely a squirm movie. So if you're not in the mood to like be like, I'm uncomfortable all the time, then you know. Don't watch that. Like, don't watch this if it's a lazy day. You know, if you're like, you know, ah, I'm gonna put my feet up and eat bread. <laughs> I'm gonna put my feet up and eat bread, as is 
my way. Yeah, but a thousand people right then were like, oh, fuck yes. I know what you mean that day. That day. That day where when you, you get take, bread. When you take Wonder Bread and you squish it into a ball and then you just take a bite out of it like an orange. <laughs> That's the day. That's the day I was referring to. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it, watch this when you're in the mood for something tense and squirmy. Uh, all right. We are going to go into the full spoilerific review after this for Await Further Instructions. Further instructions is the Stanford Prison Experiment. Technically, it is that and the uh, Milgram Experiment, which they live on Stanford Street, and their last name is Milgram. Uh huh. So the Milgram Experiment, if you don't know it, is, is that the, the one where you get forced to test the press. That's the, the shock. For, experiment. Yeah, the shock yeah. experiment. Okay. Yeah. So someone in a lab coat tells you every time this person gets a question wrong, you need to shock them, and they keep turning the voltage up, mm -hmm. and it's a test of. How far will someone go if somebody in authority tells them to do something? Yeah, so it's both of those, and they know it, and they didn't even hide it, and it's just it's just what if those were a movie? Yeah, it's it's what if that, and also maybe TV too much. Yeah, oh, there was a yeah. This movie had a really nasty case of the make you make you thinks. Yeah, it was like maybe we watch too much TV. Have you guys thought about maybe not looking at your screens this year? Huh? Really? Why don't you just get put your heads up and connect as racist people? <laughs> uh, well, I think part of the message was that it is the TV that's making us racist in that it's constantly giving us messages of, ooh, the immigrants and these uh, terrorists and whatnot, and that's sort of the message that we're getting is this family that's completely around the tv is super racist because the tv which is weird because there's a midpoint or i, I guess probably a right before the end point moment where the family uh, patriarch goes all like exposition heavy and he, or not exposition, but like now i will tell you my backstory in a terse-lipped voice yeah but which is like oh when i was a child i basically had a dickensian upbringing and i got whipped daily and blah 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 and i was like oh did you watch a lot of tv because otherwise i feel like this belongs in another movie fucko <laughs> no this uh <laughs> this film had i would say too many things that it was trying to do message-wise too many things to make yeah it was like oh we want to make you think about like should you listen to people in authority, but also should you be watching too much TV, mm. but also should you confront your family during maybe, the holidays? Maybe raise your kids right. <laughs> also, maybe we're too strict. Mm. And it's just like, man, Brexit? <laughs> just, just fucking pick a thing and stick with it. It's all of those. Uh, so we, <laughs> we are going to follow the Milgram family as uh nick and nick and angie are the are, are yeah i was just i wasn't characters. sure if nick was his name uh yeah yeah, yeah so it's, nick, it's nick swardson nick, <laughs> yes. nick swardson milgram yes mm -hmm. obviously I mean, uh, gotta be admitted swardson is a very british name <laughs> yes it's the son of a sword <laughs> <laughs> although that that's if it's a norwegian name ah <laughs> uh, in this case you're the son of a steward and they've just shortened it over the decades ah <laughs> yeah so they show up for Christmas, and 
Nick is very reticent to be there. He hasn't seen his family in a while because they're huge asshole racists and he is dating an Indian woman. Yeah, and we get a, the opening shot of the film is a bunch of like top level like watching a car from like a helicopter shot to make sure you know that they're going to very so someplace out in the outskirts of London where it's okay, it's like a one of those big poor racist factory towns. You you pick one. I don't know, Brixton, Leeds, one of those. It could be anyone. Doesn't say. Uh I mean, it's it's just like we're driving on some sort of freeway somewhere that isn't a big city. Yeah. Eh, you figure We're it out. We're in some suburbs somewhere where everyone still has office jobs and everything, but everyone's racist. Yeah. It might just be England. I don't know. <laughs> that might just be England. Yeah. Uh, so, turns out his family's still kind of racist, except for maybe his mom. No, she's still kind of racist. I mean, she's still, like, trying her best. <laughs> she's trying a little bit, but she's like afraid of the, of the situation like dramatically afraid of the situation because basically they, he's like oh please uh, nick is like please don't make me go in there and she's like i want to meet your family says angie and he's like well i guess i couldn't tell you why we aren't doing this because that would that would be the first thing i would do in that situation it's like no and also here's a good reason for why we shouldn't because the second we go in there they're gonna be like oh do you know terrorisms mm-hmm <laughs> oh you've got brown skin let us make some arab comments at you yeah because she's indian in the in the film, she's uh she a bit, but you get a little bit of this, the hints of the racism from the mom as well, because when when she hands her the basket of, in, she's like, I got you this basket of Indian sweets, and she's like, uh, well, well, she's mostly like, I have no idea what this is. I'm gonna put this down. Like the mother isn't so much like you fuck this as she is like, I have no idea what to make of this. Mm-hmm. And throughout the movie, she at least tries. I'll give her that. Whereas the grandpa is overtly racist and yeah, is constantly and just being like eh, let the damn immigrants in here they get the bongo bongos and yeah these these arabs and the dad is completely order focused and doesn't really have an opinion on the racism thing but doesn't seem to mind it yeah oh his name's tony by the way is the father and the grandpa is just named gramps don't worry about it yeah and he is the only one that you have probably seen before. He is... Did he play Filch in the Harry Potter movies yes. or something? Yeah, okay. He has been in a lot of British stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the dad, his whole deal is he's like an office manager, but also he's kind of trying to balance out the fact that his dad thinks he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And was Calls like... Squelcher. Yeah, uh, his dad was in the military and he was like, oh, we bringing up pansies these days. And, and so you get this idea that he's trying to be the type of man that his father wants him to be. Yeah, because his dad's like, oh, I came up in the military MPs. Not like you. You're an office clerk. Squelcher. Which, you know, his, his dad has internalized this kind of hatred and just kind of like, uh-huh. All right, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It, it sucks. The dad, by the way, it looks like a picture-perfect mix of Simon Pegg and Mark Evan Jackson. <laughs> it's it's uncanny, and it's a little off-putting after a while. <gasps> you you maybe not know who Mark Evan Jackson is. I do not. Uh, he is Kevin on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the husband of uh, of Andre Brar. Oh, okay. Uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, he looks like an exact mix between Simon Pegg and, and Mark Evan Jackson, and it is weird. 
He also kind of has a little uh, what's his face from from Agents of Shield in there. Oh, uh, Greg something or Clark other. Greg. Clark Greg. Greg Clark. <laughs> Clark Gregson. Clark Greg. Greg Clark, the star of Full Frontal. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> Uh, so we get to meet the mom, the dad, and then in comes later the sister and her husband. She is pregnant and also kind of an idiot, and her husband is just sort of a meathead. She might be the closest thing we get to identifying the specific neighborhood of Britain this is, because she has standard chav distinctions to her. Hair pulled too tight, quite dumb. Yeah, she has... no, No one else has the sort of uh chav accent yes but she does she has an affected accent and i think her husband has a different affected accent he's pretty much just british but dumb yeah he's just a british meathead which is weird because they initially say that he's some sort of hospital person he works they just say he works at a hospital hospital. yeah they don't say what like he could be hospital security or a janitor who knows i get the impression that there's been some lies bandied about there between the, the daughter and the mom because she's because the mom's like oh you'll like to meet him angie he works in medicine Instead of, you know, he works at a hospital. Yeah. So there's been some misinterpretations. I mean, and they share like, oh, where are you out of uh, this one? Oh, I'm out of this. Yeah. So uh, Angie specifically is an EMT and works with an ambulance company. Yeah. Or whatever EMTs are called in Britain. I don't know. I don't know. The, uh, the Dobbies. Uh, the Dobbies. <laughs> uh, Master has given Dobby a syringe. <laughs> uh, so... So they uh, have a bunch of terse, unpleasant conversations. Yeah, mostly in the living room surrounding the TV when they see that, like, oh, there were three people stabbed somewhere. And, of course, immediately the grandpa's like, oh, it's terrorism and these damn Arabs and they're all immigrants coming in and our country's going to shit and it used to be great. And you're like, okay, great. Yeah, when was it great? Go ahead and tell me when was Britain great? Was oh, it, the- it was it was when I was a kid yeah, and the, I liked things. Yeah, the sister. But before that, the sister has also gotten shown basically what her whole personality is, which is she will turn on you on a dime if if you if she thinks it'll get her more attention. Uh, she gets immediately mad at Angie for playing the word tumult in a uh, as some sort of like board Boggle. game. She's playing boggle. So she sees tumult and she's like, oh, Indian words don't count. She's like, that is English. That is an English word that means confrontations or or, or, uh, or chaos. And she immediately launches into, do you think you're better than me? You think you're so fucking clever. That, I mean, that's her thing throughout the whole movie is more, she just has a very big complex about not being the smartest, probably because Nick went off to college. Yeah. And it. Definitely seems like she got did pregnant not. instead. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got sort of a complex about people acting like she's not smart enough. Yes. Which, you know, to everyone who acts like that's credit, she's played very stupid. Yes. <laughs> so she just sort of doesn't know a lot of things, but is also one of those people who's like constantly pushing her husband to be like, Oh, you need to be a man and take care of things and try and do stuff. Don't be useless. There's also the conversation that happens around the TV. Angie is pretty forward about this sort of thing. So when the when the grandfather starts just being openly racist, she's like, hey, you can't do that. And, and like, the we si- have to call them out on it. Yeah. And the sister's like, how dare you talk to my fucking grandpa that way? Like, because she doesn't she doesn't fucking care. But it's a chance to needle in on someone who's shown her up earlier. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's also just. Oh, here's my chance to get the center of attention and to also be like, I'm part of the family. Mm-hmm. 
So she uh, she turtles up. Now everyone's mad at everyone else. Yeah. Eventually, they're like, okay. Uh, they get upstairs and like, look, I know you don't want to even spend the night here, but we'll just go to sleep. We'll wake up super early before anyone's awake. We'll get the fuck out of here like Christmas morning and just be like, all right, fuck it. We're out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't, they, they don't sleep in the same bedroom because that's not how a good Christian couple would behave. Yeah. Although that doesn't seem to get a special, I mean, the movie ends on a strong Christian overtones note. So don't worry. There's some of that too, in case we forgot to mention all the different themes they tried to stuff in this Turkey. Yeah. I mean, you, the imagery is there is a cross right above the TV throughout this whole thing Mm -hmm. of being like, do we maybe worship the tv makes you think <laughs> sure does make you think uh well they try to leave early in the morning but wouldn't you know it there's a problem yeah they open the door and it is just like corrugated metal that mm-hmm. they are looking at they just look at a big solid wall of black metal tubes that have come down over the door and when they go check all the windows everything else the entire house is just covered there is no way out mm-hmm. and they are rightfully freaking out yeah, absolutely. It's a very freaky thing. So they start trying to bash their way out with an axe, but it's early, early, early in the morning, so this summons the aggrieved father of the family. Yeah, and <laughs> I love that the mother at some point is like, oh, don't do that. It'll wake the neighbors. And I'm like, your house is covered in weird metal. Probably waking the neighbors is fine. That would be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mother has a lot of denial throughout the course of the film. Yeah, the mother is one of those, like, I'm trying to keep the family together, even though I'm unwilling to face the fact that everyone is awful. Yes. and there, Well, because there's another point in the movie where she basically gives up on all the chaos and is like, I have to clean the house. Friends are coming tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, no, they're not. No, um, we're, we are. We are walled in. <laughs> we are in a very weird, fucked up supernatural situation here. Yeah. But they don't know that yet. No. and in, in fact, most of them don't realize it ever. Uh, so... You know, they spend uh, the, the father, of course, comes down and is like, what is this? Why is everyone making noise? Oh, well, so this is just nonsense. How come I'm the only one in the family with any sense? He says, going to check all the windows that have already been checked. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets, you know, kind of weird about it. And eventually they like, well, is this terrorism? No. How could this possibly be terrorism? Says Angie. Yeah. But, oh, this is only the government could do something like this overnight. So it must be the government. And on the TV, they see. Uh, the instructions uh, stay indoors, await further instructions, and they're like, ah, this is an emergency broadcast thing. The government made it after 7-7 in case of, you know, the networks going down. They could still get messages to people. So obviously this is a, a government situation and we need to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. We just need to wait here because the government is good and it will take care of things. And so that's, the, the, that's father the father. Is, the father is very pro-government. He's like, you wouldn't believe how smart the people they have at government are these days. And it's and mostly like, him trying to pat himself on the back because he's, from what I can tell, some sort of government clerk office guy. He just says he's an office manager. Or maybe it's <laughs> in the government, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, but but he's, he's, he's just like, he's, oh, those bright men, uh, they're doing their best. Uh-huh. Yeah, you certainly have some amazing people in government these days, like that kind of thatch-haired clown monster that you have running things. 
I mean, I know we have one, too. Yes. I'm just saying. It's just weird that you would see ours and then go, yeah, we're good with that. That's what we want. I want one of those, too. I wanted a British version of that. Oops, slightly weirder one, please. <laughs> Make it more Britisher. <laughs> Poor Johnson is just Trump in a top hat. <laughs> yeah, so this is the point where we get the crux of the film being everyone doing what the TV says, even though they have no idea what's going on. Yes, they all just start trusting the television implicitly because Stanford Prison Experiment. And then they all start hurting each other because Milgram Experiment. I mean, I would say that's mostly backwards. Oh, sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because yeah. Stanford is the one where the prison guards were treating the prisoners like shit. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it, what the first instruction they get, they're like, well, fuck it. We have to have a, a proper Christmas dinner. and we're nearing- yeah, Otherwise, the terrorists have truly won. We, we've nearing the end of the part where they, they all just kind of blame the one brown person who's present. Because uh, it's going to get too freaky for them to keep doing that after a while. Yeah. Uh, and also because they'll lock her in a room. But the 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 verbal assaults are are nearing their end at this point, where they're like, where Angie's like, I don't want to sit in here and eat Christmas dinner. This is too weird. We're locked in a house, and they're, and, and they're like, Well, it'd be if it was one of your holidays, you'd give a shit, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're just the worst. Yes. And right before the dad can cut into the turkey. On the TV, new instructions pop up that say, your food is contaminated, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And so we just cut to the father bagging up all the food in the house, which Nick is like, Dad, why are you trusting a television? Also, Nick is like, Dad, that is our only food. Like, yeah, even if you want to bag it up, please don't get rid of it. Let's just not eat until we're starving, I guess. Yeah, because there's going to come a point where you're going to die of starvation. He'll be like, well... It might take me a little extra time to die from infection, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess contamination is slightly better than starvation. Yeah, at least we'd like to make that determination at a later time. Also, his acceptance of this when it's like canned food and stuff is pretty immediate, where he's just like, yeah, I will also throw away all of our cans of food. Yeah. Somehow the poison powder, which is what he thinks it is, got in all the tins. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of our food got poisoned from nebulous things but Mm -hmm. he is throughout the movie the one who is like no i will follow this tv's instructions anywhere yes uh so that instruction comes no one's happy about it but the father's like well i did instruct your mother to recently purchase bottled water so we will have plenty of water we can't trust the tap of course yes now this is also the point where the sister decides it's time for her to kind of move or throw her husband's weight around so she, but it's weird because it's like not even a specific thing. There's a fight going on between Nick and, and Tony, the father, uh, and she's just like, "Be a man, stupid! Get involved in this." Yeah, it's like, oh, when that instruction came up, my dad went into action and did things, and you just sat there like a lump. Be a man, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I get it. You're one of those. Yeah, but still, her "be a man" instructions cause him to just go bully Nick around. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, leave, leave him alone, because. Tony takes aside, uh, I think it's Scott as the husband. Yes, it's the husband. And he's like, Scott, you've got to be with me on this because we've got to be the men of this situation. We've got to be shepherds for the flock. Yeah. He's basically, the dad's basically internalizing that the whole problem requires a Liam Neeson movie approach. Yeah. 
And he's like, ooh, this is my chance. Normally, I'm like a manager at work, and here's my chance to show everyone that I'm a real like person in charge, and I'm not just a squelcher like my daddy says. Yes, it's his chance to show up, Dad. Uh, in, in fact, to the point where he even gets in, in, on his dad's case at this point, and he's like, don't ever show me up. Because the I think the dad just starts yelling at or the grandfather just starts yelling random racist stuff at the table. And the, uh, the the father of the family, the patriarch, is like, never show me up in front of the family. You are not the head of this family anymore. Yeah. But then, you know, the granddad's like, sure, but you still need to slap the shit out of your son. Look at him. He's all shitty like you. You need to just punch the crap out of him. Hey, a few good slaps in the face. Eh? Did you some good, eh, squelcher? Yeah, so the the, the grandfather is just abhorrent. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. They, they're instructed not to eat any of the food, but they can have some water. And then the next instruction comes through as uh, I think you it's need the next to morning. vaccinate yourself. Yeah, vaccinate yourselves. And some syringes in a baggie fall through the chimney. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, rightly again, Nick and Angie are like, uh, one, these have not been sterilized. These are used needles. There's no way that you should use this equipment. That's ridiculously dangerous. And also, we have no idea what's in this. Mm-hmm. But the dad's just, again, like, oh, well, we were told by the government, so we have to do this because otherwise we'll die if we aren't vaccinated. There's atmospheric pollution, it says. The government has done a thing. And no, no one at any point has said there's atmospheric pollution. He's I mean, just the, poli- the TV said, no, take just- your vaccination. Uh, there's ac- atmospheric pollution. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So he's just perfectly willing to believe it. I guess maybe in in the UK they don't have the Milgram experiment. Like maybe they just never heard. Maybe they needed a British equivalent, like a Milgram upon Tyne experiment or something. <laughs> the weird thing for me with this is nobody makes the suggestion. Hey, m- maybe something that isn't the government took over the TV signal. Yeah, and this is bullshit. Well, because here's the thing. And, and oh, oops, uh, I've talked about this before. Whenever we watch a zombie movie, is I always find it hilarious that zombie movies have to exist in universes where zombie movies don't exist. Yeah. Because otherwise you'd have a language already. You'd have a shorthand for what's going on. Exactly. And they never do. And this movie instead has to have it be a universe where sociology doesn't exist. Well, I mean, if you're in the middle of that, you're not going to be like, hmm. That would be I'm- the first thing I would do is be like, what sociology experiment am I stuck in the middle of? <laughs> I mean, they do at least when it first happens think, oh, this is a reality show. Like, yeah. this is some kind of joke that's getting played on us. Yes. Because that'd be, uh, my first thought is like, oh, the TV's showing us messages and needles came from the ceiling. Hey, guys, you ever read the Milgram experiments? <laughs> See, I don't, I don't think you would. I if you woke would. up and your house was covered in metal and the TV was giving you instructions like it was doomsday, I doubt you'd be like, hey, guys, let me talk to you about some psych experiments. Okay, well, here's the other problem with that is that I've spent my entire life, and I know you have as well, watching emergency broadcasts and what they actually look like and sound like. <laughs> yes. It's a loud beepy noise that lasts 60 seconds, and then you have to hear a person come on who's like, this has been a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is just a test. If it had not been a test, we'd be giving you instructions and stuff right now about where to go for shelter and safety. Um, which instead, they just get their, their TV turns on and matrix text and arcane symbols and shit flash across it, and then a green message that... that <laughs> that lights up across the message. And I'm like, no, that's too, that's too much. There's too many special effects. <laughs> that looks like we're being invaded by Cenobites, not like the government did something. The government doesn't have the, 
the imagination to put on a cool, scary message. <laughs> yeah. The government is not cool enough to be scary. Yeah. No, really the problem. I'd be like, all right, th- this... This is aliens. Yeah, I just sit down. I just be like, well, they're going to have to kill me then. Let's let's get to the part where they have powers, because I want to see that. <laughs> Show me them powers. We've had this conversation. Let like, me see them aliens. Every horror movie that comes up is is my reaction no, to it. No, it was the same thing yeah. with Truth or Dare. Yeah. Whenever it's like the television told me to do a thing, and you're like, well, it's time to get fucking pedantic with the ghost. Not just that, but just sit fucking sit there. You kill me, because that's more interesting than me doing it. And that's the same thing here. Oh, yeah. Given the TV is basically... The whole thing is forcing them to kill each other. Yeah. Given the choice between uh, being forced to kill each other, which is boring because lots of people kill each other all the time, and watching a cool special effect thing happen before I die, I'm going to go with two. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sure. This is the philosophy I live my life by. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. Yeah. In in, in any situation where it's obviously monsters, I'm going to do the thing where the monsters have to do the work. (laughs) Because otherwise, I might not survive to the end of the two-hour movie that my life is at the moment, and I might not get to see the cool stuff. <laughs> Look, I want to see rad monsters. That's well, all. What happens if a rad monster shows up and then it cuts away? <laughs> oh, I don't get to see the cutaway. You don't even get to see it anymore. <laughs> You're like, oh no, it cut away from me. It's just a blood splash, and that was the end of me. Yeah, whatever. At least that's still more interesting than me killing people and getting killed by people. Ugh. So, uh, so yeah. The, they have to give each other injections, and, and the father, of course, is very angry, and he's like, the government is doing this, so these are good injections. And he just gives himself one and sits down. He's like, I'm fine. Everyone else has to do it. Yeah, and he makes a show of, like, putting them in water and going, there, now they're sterilized. And you're like, um, that's not how that works. I don't, maybe he boiled that water? I don't know. Maybe he denatured all those, those, uh... I have no idea. We have no idea what happened. He just puts them in water. I mean, if he did, the my thought was, oh, if that's boiling water, then he's also probably fucked up whatever vaccine is in there, too. Yeah. No, now the, the, the first person to go along with this plan of getting the injection is Scott, the husband of the of the dumb sister. Yeah, because he's already been talked into being part of uh, Tony's, like, let's all be in charge squad. Which is interesting because you can really tell he does not want to do this. Well, he's like he's like roaring and psyching himself up. No, ah! Scott as a character is interesting because he is very much a person that's not like, oh, I'm going to take instructions from the screen, but from wh- whoever's in charge. He is a follower. Yeah, he's completely a follower because whether he- it's his wife or Tony or later on when he starts following uh, Nick, mm-hmm. it's just whoever is currently the one who is giving orders is who scott is following yes but he does not want to do this injection no he's like tensing up and roaring about it and so on he gets the injection uh he sits down the next person is the the the, grandpa because he's like ah fine you idiots i'll do it myself damn it uh and then the the wife and then the big the big one is you know the 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 sister because she's like nine months pregnant yeah she's like i don't know if i can take this what what's going to happen to my baby? Yeah, and the 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 dad's like nothing's going to happen to your baby. That's impossible. The government wouldn't send us dangerous medications, obviously. Obviously. Duh. Now they would cover our house in corrugated metal. Yeah, that's a thing the government does. It would make They're us, known for that. They would make us throw out all of our food. Uh and they'd also turn off the internet uh, and only show one sentence instructions on the TV, but they would not send us dangerous medications. <laughs> Uh, oh, also, they'd build a grasping cord vagina into the front door's <laughs> metal. Uh, that's a norm. That's a government vagina. Uh, 
And what finally sends her over the edge to be like, okay, I'll take it, is Nick and Angie saying, don't. Yes. And she's like, oh, well, fuck you then. Yeah. You think you know better than me? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, God. You're the worst. Everyone in this family is the worst. Yeah, it's right around this point where I was like, come on, kill any one of them. Let's get someone dead. I hate all these people. And wouldn't you know it? After even Nick and Angie are essentially forced into taking it, the grandpa dies by, like, vomiting black blood. Yes. He stands up, starts vomiting blood, collapses on the ground. And that is the end of Grandpa. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they're like, you dumb motherfucker. You made us inject ourselves with that. That killed him. He's like... Well, maybe it just the medicine didn't work on him and we all would have died too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're the worst. Well, he's you're just, just trying to keep power. He's just your your, your primary, uh, the, the, the person you write the sociology report about at the end of the experiment. He's, he's uh, guy number one. He is on board. Yeah, he's on board from start to finish. He's that guy that falls for every kind of sociology experiment. Uh, like the one where, where uh, you have a, like, only one person in the room isn't a plant, and they keep asking everybody how long a one-inch line on a board is, and they all say, it's two feet long. Uh, they're all plants to say that. And then finally, it's his turn. He goes, uh, yeah, it must be two feet long, I guess. Everyone, everyone here seems to think so. Yeah. He's that guy. He's that kind of a dumb follower piece of shit. So he's like, well, obviously, this is the, 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 the medicine saved us from whatever just happened to him. Hmm. Yeah, he was, he was old. Old people die. That's just a casualty of war. And you're like... Uh, don't don't think of yourself as being a soldier because you want to try and live up to whatever your dad's dumb masculine idea for you was. Yep, and also he says accept, the term acceptable losses at this point. Yeah. Ugh. So they put the body upstairs, and the next instructions are one of your people is infected, quarantine them. Angie and of course everyone's like, oh, well, it's Angie. Now, Angie has a cold, so it's not just because... Uh, she's brown, but it's mostly because she's brown. But mostly that. Yeah. She's, uh, she's of Indian descent. We aren't even sure that she's necessarily from India. No. Uh, but, but she's of Indian descent. And so they decide to lock her in a room. Now she, of course, she doesn't fight this in the slightest. And I assume it's because she's sick of these people and being locked. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, oh man, being in a room without any of you assholes. Great. Perfect. I'll take my switch. I'll see you in a couple of days. (laughs) Like, oh, well, you'll have to be in the same room as the dead body. I I work in a hospital. I do not give a fuck. No, it doesn't matter. That dude had, like, no blood left in him anyway. What's he going to do? Uh, so she goes away and locks herself in a room. And uh, in, a, in a thing, that it says specifically, doesn't say quarantine them. It says isolate them. Yes. And I thought, because the next couple of scenes all involve Nick leaning against the door to the room she's in and talking to her. I could have sworn the conflict that, that was next was going to be people telling him that that's not isolating ah. and that he was going to be forced to not go, not even go near that door. But that's that's just my pedantry, I guess. Yes. So that that, that thing does not occur. No. Uh, we basically... <clears throat> I mean, I think at this point is when things really break down. Because this is like anytime someone wants to do something, like the TV just goes crazy. Because the next thing is... Hey, return the medical equipment to the metal vagina. Yeah, because the door has a cord vagina built into it that's opening and closing softly. It's like a big pulsing vagina. And Scott puts the needles through, and then he's like, 
oh, there's an opening here. I wonder, and he sticks his hand through, and then it just chops his fingers well, off. Well, it's a multi-step process that kind of gives you some timing concerns that you get to learn about. Notably, the moment that everyone had finished with the injections, the command to give everyone injections stopped. Yeah. So it's very clearly just going on, because like it finished and then says, vaccination complete. Yes. And you're like, oh, how the fuck do you know? Exactly. So when he puts the stuff into the door, it changes from return vaccinations to slot to, uh, or medical equipment to slot to medical equipment returned. And then he sticks his fingers into the slot and tries to open the door and yell through it. And it goes to uh, contamination in slot, and then it chops his fingers off. Yes. So they can, you know, obviously see what's going on in there. It's very obvious that the house is reacting to their actions. Yes. Or at least the television is. But it's still going to be like two or three more instruction things before Nick even goes, you know, they can clearly see what we're doing. Well, the next time he has a conversation, he, he's, he's talking about the fingers getting cut off to uh, to Angie in the room. And she's like, you have to think about the timing of this stuff. The moment that, that we finished with the vaccinations, it said vaccinations complete. They can see us somehow. Yeah. Whoever they are, they can see us. And uh, uh, let's see. What else happens in this? We get the... Uh, well, there's just a bunch more dumb instructions that happen through the house. Uh, the the first the, the next major event that occurs is that uh, whew, okay. Uh, the next major event that occurs is that Nick tries to figure out a way to get a camera outside the house to see what's going on. He realizes that the pipes that control water to the toilet are still flowing, so he's like, "All right, I can hit the like drywall around the pipes." And then put my phone through on, on like stick. a broom handle. Yeah. And and, ca- and take a video of what's going on outside. So he does that. And outside is a hellscape. Everything is covered in, in cord metal cords. And there's weird spider monsters moving around. Yeah. It's just, it gets hit by basically cords. Mm-hmm. And he brings his uh, phone back in and is like, oh my God, that's what the fuck is going on. But when he does that, it causes an alarm to sound all over the house and exfiltration detected to be uh, shown on the screen. Yeah. So he gets fucking punched and beat up and uh, thrown in the uh, living room by Scott and his dad. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, you know, they're like, how could you do that? How could you? He's like, just look at this video. But it's too late because the screen's changed again. And now it says interrogate the sleeper agent. Yeah, so... That is very Stanford Prison Experiment, to suddenly declare that this someone in the house is a sleeper agent. Yeah, and to not say, interrogate specifically this person Mm -hmm. or anything like that. They're like, there is a sleeper agent. Interrogate them. And everyone's just like, well, it's the person we're mad at right now. Duh. Yeah. So the dad's like, ooh, how long have you been an agent? He's like, dad, I, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Please stop this. And even Scott at this point is like, do not do this. Yeah, don't, don't. Well, because we, we're skipping to the torture scene. This, I, I'm sorry. Th- this is my fault. We skipped to the torture scene, but because before that... There was a scene where Scott and uh, Nick were fighting, mm-hmm. and uh, his sister was essentially egging Scott on to do yeah. this, but followed them up the stairs, and then during well, the fight, she gets knocked over. I just remember the instigating incident for this. It's that Nick thinks that he's going he's gonna to unplug and plug the TV back in to see what happens. Oh, yeah. And he talks to his sister about it. And it, they have a brief moment where she's just like, oh, yeah, I have to pee all the time because I'm pregnant. And he, like, feels the stomach and he's all happy. And then, and then she's like, wait, did you just unplug the TV? 
you think you're so fucking clever because that's her only line that she gets to have. Uh, Dad, he unplugged the TV and then they all come in and attack him and uh, she's egging on her husband to beat him up. But then her husband, th- well, because she's staying right next to the fight so she can yell about it. Yeah. Uh, her husband throws Nick into his sister who goes flying off a balcony and lands on the floor and, and breaks her leg and is all fucked up. Yeah. And it's bone sticking out a leg, like messed up leg time. Yes, it's messed. It's it's extremely messed up. Uh, they refuse to let Angie, who's the only person who has any kind of actual doctor stuff, uh, come out of her room. And eventually when uh, Nick is explaining like what the wound looks like after a while to her, she's like, Oh, that's infected. Like, sepsis has set in. Yeah. She's going to die. But the thing that happens first is they throw all the shit off the kitchen table and put her on it so they can try and do some things to help her. And in the middle of all of this dramatic nonsense where, like, uh, Scott, the husband, is, like, freaking out too much to help because he's not actually a doctor. He's probably some kind of janitor. Uh, and so on is all going on. The, the dad stands up in the middle of it and goes, I will be going to my study to think. I do not wish to be disturbed. It's too loud in here to work. Yes. So I, I will go to the study. I need to go do work. And he just walks off. And that's the opening where to, where uh, Nick can get into Scott's head. Because he can be like, he's like, hey, man, you need to help me on this. We have to escape or your wife's going to die. Fucking Tony just got up and left as soon as there was any real crisis yeah. that wasn't told like what to do by a TV. Because he like tries to, he's like, no, man, we have to follow your dad. He's the shepherd of the situation. We have to follow the leader. And he's like, fine, if you want to follow the leader, he's hiding in a den, yeah. not doing anything. So he does manage to get Scott kind of on his side oh for like 15 seconds because the very next scene is just like uh come help me i'm going to go get your get my son no i'm not going to help you you didn't help my my daughter oh well here's a catchphrase i said earlier in the film okay i'll help you (laughs) yeah it's just oh this guy is showing to be the current leader i guess i better follow him Mm -hmm. stanford prison experiment here we go (laughs) so they grab the, the sleeper agent who's who's just recently stuck a camera outside the house tie him to a chair, gag him, and then ungag him so they can torture him for information. They don't even know what they want, but that's just how these experiments go. Yeah, and eventually the dad's like, I'm going to take his eye, and that'll make him talk, and the only thing that stops that is the mother finally starts just, like, yelling that uh, the daughter is dead. Yeah, she died. The, the daughter has died, uh... And and they everyone gets loose. Everyone is is out, running out to the scene. Um, Basically, the mom saves the day at this point because when this happens, she also finds uh, Nick and is like, "What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I the, hate you. You're and, the worst." And the father looks over the dead daughter and goes, "Hmm, acceptable losses in wartime. Yes, okay. We knew that something like this might happen." And the mother's like, "No, you can't keep leaning. This on, is your daughter. This is your daughter who just died. You were hiding in a study, torturing your son for some reason. I hate you. You have literally never listened to any advice anyone else has ever given you." Yeah. So, <sighs> and that moves him into being totally passive for about three scenes. Uh, Tony's the the dad is just going to stand there whenever anyone needs anything and not react to them in any way. He just goes catatonic. Yeah. So. Now Nick is basically in charge, and he has Scott behind him, and upstairs, Angie, meanwhile, has been prying at the uh, the cords and has managed to, like, peel one up, and also found an old TV. Mm-hmm. And when she turns it on, it also has the same sort of weird, uh, like, message stuff that's going on in the other one, but when she opens up the back... There's a weird cord monster thing in there. There's kind of a biomechanical cord pile that's pulsing like a heart. 
and she you know drops the whole affair and screams and so on and this causes the main tv to freak out again and be like like oh uh, no every all survivors to the main floor quarantine in progress and then it starts blowing black smoke into the various rooms yeah uh Nick does manage to eventually find the keys to unlock the door that Angie is behind. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they can't get to the mom who is in the bathroom and cannot get out. Yeah, because the door is jammed. I don't. That's this movie needed an explanation for that because it didn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm like, but okay, there's no cords involved here. Yeah. And if the door is just jammed, like you should be able to still get it open. Like, so she's you got just, a she, guy kicking at it. She's just dying because of shoddy house maintenance. What are you doing? Yeah. You, this movie has a good excuse for every other weird death, but this one where she's just like, the bathroom door is jammed, and you're like, no, it, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Ugh. But the black smoke, apparently, when it touches your skin, begins to melt you and also explode you? Yeah, because luckily, the bathroom to their house has a semi-opaque giant window on it, which, honestly, I would not be a huge fan of in a bathroom. Well, I mean, that's just me who doesn't want. I mean, you can't silhou- see through it. You can see through it. You can see your mom, like the the, the silhouette of her there, and tell her, I don't want people seeing my silhouette in the bathroom either. Okay, fine. That's fair, right? Isn't that, fine. Isn't that fair? No, no. People need to see your silhouette while you're shitting. Yeah, it's true. I want I want people to see that because I got technique. Yeah, I poop side saddle. Good. Yeah, my feet up on the sink. Uh, real. I go the other way. Yeah. Feet up on the tub. <laughs> okay. I was going to say the other way. That's not the correct way to poop. Do you, do you sit on it? Like you're like, uh, trying to convince a group of troubled teens I, to I, learn. <laughs> I like to write it. Cowgirl. <laughs> feet to the back, please. Hell yeah. I like to straddle that baby. <laughs> Turn my hat around, sit on the toilet the wrong way. And then that gives me the silent piss. Plus, it gives you a nice chest-level table to keep snacks on. Oh, yeah. It's great. I don't know why more people don't do it. <laughs> it's because getting up from it is extremely difficult, I think. Uh, <laughs> you pretty much have to fall backwards. That's why you have to have a toilet helper there with you at all times. Right. And you'd know if your toilet helpy needed help because of the semi-opaque window. Exactly. You know what? You've convinced me. It all comes together. Okay. I'm up to speed again. <laughs> uh, all right. So she blows up in there, but she's like... You know, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I was always on your side, Kabloom. Yeah, they go downstairs, try and uh, like put blankets and stuff in the cracks and the sliding door at the mm-hmm. uh, bottom of the stairs, and the gas just stops at the last stair down. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, apparently this TV monster also has gas control. Really makes you think. Whatever. It just has powers that it needs to have. Uh-huh. Well, at this point, we've kind of moved into the, from the territory of this is a puzzle that needs to be solved to this is an implacable monster that needs to be endured. Uh, so the next thing that happens is that the TV starts saying Jesus stuff. Yeah, like Nick goes to try and unplug it, and that doesn't do anything. And then finally it does, like it's just got this like glowing light and then it says i am reborn like i am reborn i am resurrection worship me yeah and the father finally sees his or sees his last chance to regain control of the family by by adopting the pre- the premise that the tv is jesus now and that this is and, the second coming. and now he will be the most devout yes so he's like oh lord it is you and you've you've given us a sign of your grace and mercy mm-hmm. uh we've not all of us were deemed worthy, but we have followed your way, Lord. Yeah. Uh, so it 
he's gone crazy and starts worshiping the TV. Everyone else is kind of standoffish <laughs> and not really paying attention to it. But then the TV displays well, the, the stupidest thing yet. The stomach of the sister moves. moves, and they're like, oh, the baby's still alive. We need to do a cesarean in order to get it out. Yeah, so the two of them, Nick and Angie, start moving the, the body of, of Katie, I think her name is, the sister, yeah. to the kitchen so they can perform a cesarean section and get the baby out. Uh, but unfortunately, while they're doing that, the TV changes again to perform a sacrifice to prove your To tr- save the unborn. To save the unborn. Yeah. Uh, and so they're like, oh, well... Guess I gotta kill this brown lady then. We're both on board for this. Me and Scott. (laughs) Scott is just sort of on board for whatever anyone tells him. Yep. Although, at least at that point, he's like, I am trying to save your unborn child from my dad, who's an obviously crazy idiot. And at least at that point, Scott's like, oh shit, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'll stop being a complete idiot then. And he goes and, like, tackles the dad, who then just like hits him in the neck with the axe that yeah, we had happens, seen earlier yeah it, it, it happens over a course of a long fight the father and, and nick get in a fight first and nick gets beaten up and then scott comes running in to help and gets murdered instantly with an axe and angie tries to come in and he just like backhands her with the axe handle mm-hmm. and nick and uh the dad are having a prolonged fight and just when he's about to kill nick uh, Angie donks him over the head with a bottle, and he collapses. And, and then the big, the big uh, Daniel Mall reveal where the fo- where uh, Nick just pushes the TV onto his dad. Yeah, he's just like, "All right, well, fuck you then, fuck both of you," and pushes the TV onto his dad, which cracks the TV, and this kicks off the ridiculous part. Yep. Now it's time for this that- is the part <laughs> I would wait to see. This is why I wouldn't want to die beforehand by falling off a banister or something. I would have missed these cool special effects. Yeah. You know when you film something and you shoot it backwards when you're pulling something off of a thing so it looks like it's going onto it? Uh-huh. It's time for that with TV cords. Yes. So it's a lot of... A lot of cables. A lot of reverse shots and a lot of uh, stop motion shots here for because we're going to do a whole biomechanical invasion of the of the Cenobite monster kind of situation. Yeah, it's time for the new flesh to start taking over and long live it. It turns out the TV's screen is cracked and it's broken through completely by tendrils of... A coaxial cable that come bursting out of it and it, inside is a beating cable goo heart uh-huh and there's just cables everywhere and they're grabbing at everyone and flailing everywhere and, and nick and angie who are are the only ones left alive at this point are hiding in the corner trying to avoid all the cables and the cables go to go to his dad and go through the back of his head and pick him up and turn him into a cable zombie yeah and now just, cables are streaming down the walls and coming in through all the, the windows yeah it it's, turns out it's not just a metal like corrugation out there they're all just cables that start coming in mm-hmm. and the dad at that point is just like come worship me worship me now become part of me worship me or face your extinction and again this is one of those points where i'd be pragmatic and be like fine i worship you whatever okay what does that look like what do you need what do you you mean what do you want do you want me to eat some cables what are we doing what is that and nick's like oh it can't kill us because it wants someone to worship it and we're the last ones left it's a parasite it's a it's afraid (laughs) and uh Eventually, it's like, oh, no, wait. No, I've changed my mind. I'm going to have my dad puppet zombie get the axe and try and kill you both. And does. And do so. But then it... (laughs) The weirdest thing that happens right around this sequence is the part where uh, Angie gets donked on the noggin and we have to have her get a dream sequence where she wakes up outside the house in a field and everything's fine. Yeah. It lasts like 20 seconds and means nothing. Yeah, that was a weird choice. 
Yeah. Because then she wakes up and it's back to cable nightmares. Yeah, and you're just like, why, why was that? What, was that just sort of a... I guess because they were like, oh, let's pull the rug out from under them again. We'll say that it's a dream within a dream. And it's like, you don't need it. It's, it that it, has it, no purpose here. It just breaks the flow. So, yeah. The, <laughs> the two of them die. And then the cables show their newest power, which is they can cover Kate's body and skeletonize it while leaving the baby unharmed and intact. Mm-hmm. Including, I guess, and cutting several the umbilical months cord. Old. <laughs> yes, several months old is this baby. And then they put a TV down in front of it, which says, like, hello, Ruby, because they said earlier in the film that Ruby and Lewis were the names of the baby. And that was how they brought Scott on board at the last second, by just showing those two names over and over again on the TV. Yeah. And he was like, it knew what I was going to name my daughter. I worship the TV. Yeah. Makes you think. <laughs> so- Black Mirror. <laughs> So, yeah, it brings down the little portable TV from upstairs that mm. Angie had and just plops it down in front of a baby with little flashing lights and is like, worship me, baby. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be a really important thing to know 12 hours from now when that baby is dead from exposure. Yep. <laughs> that Whatever this weird monster is, because we, of course, don't get anything. The last shot is it pulls out to show the, the that whole like, the whole countryside there is just covered in cables. Yes. And... But we're not, like, shown, is this aliens? Is this some weird, like, self-aware AI? Is is this just a monster thing? Like, what's going on? Is oh, this John, supernatural? It's, it's you being made to think. Oh, no. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. <laughs> uh, I was the TV all along. So, yeah. The... <laughs> The fact that it does have their last names being Milgram and them being on Stanford Street. Means and that they knew full well what they were making. Well, no. I mean, that's at least, I go, good, you did know what you were doing. That's you fair. weren't just like, or at least trying to get away with it. Yeah. You weren't like, oh, I hope no one notices that I'm making a movie about these experiments. Yeah. Uh, I had to actually look up the name of the experiment, and as soon as I saw it was the Milgram experiment, I went, oh, good. You mm-hmm. do know what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> I was familiar with both of these because my mom didn't participate in either of those by name, but she was a published sociologist at right around that time. Uh huh. So she did a whole bunch of other similar experiments. And when I was a kid, I read a bunch of her like books and stuff. Uh, she did a bunch of ones where she would pretend to faint on elevators to see what kind of people would help people who faint on elevators. <laughs> uh, I love that sociologists in like the seventies, the seventies, yeah. are basically YouTube prank shows. Yeah, it's a social experiment, I mean, dude. There's a reason you never see them anymore because all of that shit's illegal. You can't just go out into into the wilderness and randomly trick people to see how they react. <laughs> I I'm gonna do a social experiment. I'm gonna run around and throw a peanut butter sandwich at people and see how they react. <laughs> Th- thanks, YouTube star. Uh, YouTube kids. How come they always live in giant rich people empty houses? Are they renting them? It's the weirdest thing. Anytime <laughs> well, you... because the idle rich have the time to go ahead and run around and be like, I can't get in trouble for this. I'm white and rich. But their houses are always weirdly empty. It's so it's so weird every time they do. It's like you could. It's it's like they live in the same houses. It's never made sense to me. I mean, there was Someone... a point where a lot of the Vine uh, celebrities were living in the same house at one point, and I know that, and that was weird. Hmm. Yeah, because every time I, I, there's, I forget the name of, there's a guy I, I follow on YouTube who mostly just like makes videos making fun of the big name celebrity types yeah, or the ones who are getting there basically. And every time it shows the footage of them like palling around their house, it's like, we live in a big, weird, empty mansion. <laughs> I'm like, what the, are you ghost children? How did you? <laughs> 
Uh, and yeah, all of the pranks are things like, we're going to put our sleeping mom on an air mattress in a pool. And you're like, there's there's no way, guys. This is a social experiment. Uh, or, or my mom has no idea, wink, wink. It's uh, not all part of a thing built to drive clicks. Yeah. I hate all of the YouTube prank shit. It can bite my farts. A lot of it's really racist, too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's because, you know. It's the worst. I'm it's the go, worst people on YouTube. I'm going to go slap black people and see how they respond. Here's a, a trick. I'm going to wear blackface and say the N-word in front of black people. Let's see what happens. It's a social experiment. Please stop chasing me. Please stop beating the shit out of me. It's a social experiment. Well, they always get to the, they get chased for a little while, and then it's always all fake. This is the thing. They're never really bothering actual people, because the, the, the films or the videos always end with them being chased into a corner and being like, here's $500 to leave me alone. It was all a prank. And, you know, they're not just going around giving random people 500 bucks. They are just filming it with their friends <sighs> because their audience is 10 year olds and no one knows better. All right, let's let's wrap this bitch up. Hey, hey there's an idea I w- I've been waiting for you to say. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and do best and worst. Jeff, give me the best thing in this movie. The acting is actually pretty good. I'm, I'm going to say for as much as I hated him as a character, it was a good thing. The the acting that the dad did was, was oh, you know, we never mentioned the scene that, again, that I, I brought up earlier, where when the grandfather dies, he gives him this stupid eulogy that has nothing to do with the rest of the film. Oh, yeah. He just explains that Squelcher is because he peed in his bed once when he was a kid, and it's only because he was too afraid of his dad to get up in the middle of the night and, like, flush a toilet because he thought that his dad would beat the shit out of him. So he peed in his bed, and his dad heard him crying, didn't care, got up in the morning, and then beat the shit out of him anyway. Yeah. Now, I assume it's supposed to be like, that's why he's learned to be such a sheep that will do whatever a TV tells him, is because he learned at an early age to just obey blindly or get in trouble. Yeah. But, you know, given that the, the movies it mostly got the same style Black Mirror moral of, what if technology too far? <laughs> what if technology bad? <laughs> It feels unearned, but that said, he's a very good actor and he does a very good job. Yeah. So I'm saying his acting is going to be my favorite thing, and I'll pass it off to you at that point. Great. Uh, I want to say that my favorite thing in this is the moment sort of at the very beginning when they don't know what's going on and the uncertainty of if they will listen to the television has yet to really set in, Mm -hmm. like pretty much through the vaccination. Because after that, you realize, oh, uh, they're just like, especially the dad is on board and will force everyone else to be on board. Yes. So it wasn't really, there wasn't a lot of tension with that. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say probably the vaccination scene is one of my favorites because it really showcases everyone's different personality traits yes yeah it really does there's another scene i thought deserves some mention that we didn't talk about which is when they meet the dad for the first time the mom literally refuses to go get him from upstairs because she knows that he won't like the situation that they're there like oh let him come down in his own time yeah but when he comes down he immediately launches into them for not announcing that they've come and not called not calling recently and he's like at work if you are going to be absent for a period of time, you call in and you inform people. And you're like, oh, this really sets this character up. Oh, yeah. He, he seems to think that he can use the, the like work efficiency on a family for some reason. Yeah. He's trying to turn the home into the office. Yes. Because that's the place he has any amount of control. Exactly. So that that's an important scene setting as well. 
All right, worst thing in the movie for you? Uh, I don't know. I, I the, the movie is very racist at the beginning, which feels like it's it's in, in service. Of well, the yeah. Story. I mean, it's supposed to be very racist in the beginning because that's what you're trying to show the family. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, my problem with every horror movie is the the relative passivity of all the horror victims. But the, I can't I can't use that and get away. I can't be like, why are you guys just sitting there? You, you should just be constantly trying to find a way out of the house. But anyway, no, I'm going to say my, my least favorite thing in the movie is, I don't know, everything I dislike about this movie is in service of the movie and is actually pretty good. Uh, I'm, the ending, I guess, the part with the skeletonized baby, like showing a baby, you know, it's just stupid. I mean, honestly, that's going to be mine, too. Yeah. There was no, there was nothing that felt like, oh, you've given some idea of like, this is what we were doing. You don't know if it's like a supernatural, aliens, whatever, like I was saying before. It's just like, hey, we we had a message about blindly following things and also TV and also racism and kind of some other things, and we made it into a movie. And I'm like, okay, but do you have any idea what to do with that? Not really. We're just going to kill everyone at the end. It's got a bleak ending because you've got the characters who are like, oh, no, we're going to go against the grain and reject the television and, and try to survive and do it. And it's just like, nah, the TV kills you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And the whole like, worship me, weird baby. Like, you're going to be dead very soon. Yeah. It's it, the ending. It really stinks up the, it stinks up the ending. Well, like, it makes you go. If this was aliens, they're very stupid yes. because they don't know how things work. Mm-hmm. And if it's just like television became sentient, then it is also a very stupid sentience because it's just like, oh, I I want people to worship me. I know the best way to do that is to kill all of them. Yeah, the whole worship me thing kind of falls flat in the whole like this is a sociology experiment thing at the end where you're like, why does the sociology experiment demand worship? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, is it supposed to represent the scientists who are performing the whole thing or the what are we, what are we doing here? I mean, it's a, if it, 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 it doesn't show up till the very end that the, the TV is demanding worship from everyone. It's if it had actually ended with like, oh, no, this straight up is like a monsters are due on Maple Street. Aliens are testing humans ending mm-hmm. that would at least sort of make sense if at the end instead of it being like worship me and there's also a bunch of scary stuff put into it for no reason that doesn't really like whenever the tv gets messed with it displays a countdown clock and uh, also a bunch whenever of whenever like, it's angry it turns red it turns and also whenever it gets smacked around or whatever the tv displays a bunch of like masonic symbols and like a uh, skull and crossbones yeah, and cur- uh, curled snakes and weird runes and stuff and you're like what's all that what, why is it doing arcane symbology what, what does that mean yeah so i would i would say the worst thing in the movie for me is that it just has too much it wants to say and doesn't have a good idea of what that message is coming well, from that's a problem you run into in a lot of horror movies where they're just like i don't know something scary needs to happen here let's just put scary stuff on the screen <laughs> i don't know you know like bottles full of brown liquid and maybe there's an eyeball in there this is a movie about ghosts yeah no just put it in there anyway it's scary people get scared by it so in this case, we'll put scary symbols on the screen. Why? That doesn't the TV doesn't shouldn't be making arcane symbols if it's like a. What are you, what are you talking about? Not just put scary symbols on the screen. It's fine. Just people are used to seeing scary symbols. It will scare them. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, let's go ahead and give this a rating. We're each going to give it zero to five for a rating out of ten, Jeff. Eh, I'm going to give it a three. I guess. Yeah, about a three, I feel. Uh, this is a very middle-of-the-road movie, but it was competently acted, and it was hard to think of something I didn't specifically like a lot about it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give it an average score. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. There you go. What about you? Uh, I'll give it a 3.5. I think it does drag a little in places. Oh, especially in the early game. Like, yeah. remember when I was like, God, just kill one of them. Come on. Yeah, there is a point where it takes probably a bit too long for the action to get started. Mm -hmm. But after that, it really does have, like, it has a lot going for it. There's a good amount of stuff going on here that is both interesting and like you said well acted so i think you know 3.5 it's not amazing but it's it's definitely watchably good i have seen way worse horror movies oh, every yeah. time we have maybe watched these things for october oh for sure so six and a half not a terrible score pretty run-of-the-mill mm -hmm. uh like i said at the beginning of this you can watch it yeah at least it wasn't fake tarantino that's that's something yeah i didn't make you watch the worst possible movie. Yeah. That, that, there's still time. <laughs> oh, oh, don't you worry about that one. <laughs> so that's a six and a half out of ten. There you go. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, all month long, I will be reviewing a horror movie every single day. Goddamn day. Horror movies I haven't seen before. 31 new horror films in 31 days. Keep in mind that you're going to be spending a, an extended weekend up in the Bay Area for Big Bad Con. That's that gonna, is true. That's going to dig right in. You're going to have to work hard. Oh, I'm working hard. Mm -hmm. Or hardly working. <laughs> <laughs> it's both. <laughs> it's like a punctuated equilibrium. You do two hours of work a day and then you fall back asleep. <laughs> so all of those are written reviews. You can find them on SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Uh, just look for the Horrortoberfest tag. Mm -hmm. They'll be going up on our uh, the main screen there. We'll have whatever the latest one is. But if you click on Horrortoberfest, it'll give you all the new ones and all the backlog. Now, I know you took a year off a while back uh, for personal reasons, but you've done this several times, and there are probably close to 100 reviews, if not more than 100 reviews, of various movies on the site right now. Oh, yeah. there. If you want my opinion on various horror films and why they are or are not shit mm -hmm. then uh you got a lot of lot of options on there yep there are still some that i wish i had had you on for watching the actual movie i mean like halloween 3 should I have been an episode because I, I wrote twice as much as i have for any other review for that because i'm like this motherfucker's crazy i had seen it already and would have been prepared to tell you that it was this motherfucker's crazy uh <laughs> it's in fact to this day is the only halloween movie i have seen oh well there you go <laughs> and i like it that way because i've heard that all the other ones have some kind of central theme and that one does not and, <laughs> and that one has the central theme of silver shamrock <laughs> this drunk doctor detective wants to bang a 17 year old <laughs> Boy, howdy, this is a weird movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in another couple weeks with more Horrortoberfest movie reviews. Uh, we might be doing an in-theaters now, or we might skip it this month. Depends if there's any good horror movies in theaters. We'll see. But uh, for this month, we're going to be skipping the uh, poll 
for in theaters at least. Oh yeah, because because we don't want to get sent to a non-horror film. Exactly, um, and I don't want to be like there are two horror films. Please choose one of these two. Yeah, that, <laughs> so, that that's not worth anyone's time. So so but yeah. we'll be back in November, which I'm sure will be a treat because there's always so many good films in November. Hell yeah! So you can go ahead and uh, like I said, head over to SystemMasteryPodcast.com, check out all the reviews there, and if you like us, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery any level helps thank you so much for joining us we will be back in another couple weeks and until then you have a good one